Welcome to the Sega Lounge, a podcast dedicated to our love for all things Sega, be it the games, the music, or the community. I'm KC. In each episode, I'll be talking to different guests and sharing their projects and their passion for Sega. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Sega Lounge. This is a very special episode as we are celebrating yet another big anniversary of a series that has been synonymous with Sega since its inception. Toe Jam and Earl. That's right, our funky alien duo turned 30 earlier this year and we couldn't pass up on the chance of dedicating an entire episode to the series. In late 1991, the first game in the series simply titled Toe Jam and Earl was released in the West for the Mega Drive or Genesis. Created by Greg Johnson and Mark Vorsanger, it featured two aliens from the planet Funkotron who crash-landed on Earth and had to collect different parts of their ship, the Rapmaster Rocket, in a world made up of different randomly generated levels played in isometric view. The game's style and soundtrack was fresh and the design a bit surreal, and it also featured several pop culture references and parodies. It gained a cult following and got a sequel in 1993 titled Toe Jam and Earl in Panic on Funkotron, a 2D side-scrolling platformer set in the alien duo's home planet. We had to wait until 2002 to get another entry in the series in the form of Toe Jam and Earl 3 Mission to Earth for the original Xbox, which was presented in 3D and provided a mix between the first two games with elements of both. A fourth and final game, so far in the series, was released in 2019 after being successfully funded through Kickstarter. Toe Jam and Earl Back in the Groove represented a return of the series to its roots, with the formula of the original being improved upon, and the references and jokes updated, and many quality of life features included. Back in episode 24 of The Lounge, which aired in March 2015 on Radio Sega, I had the privilege of interviewing Greg Johnson as he was promoting the Kickstarter campaign for Toe Jam and Earl back in the groove. He even mentioned how they pitched the original game to Sega and got some laughs out of them just by explaining the setting and characters. It's a great interview, so do check it out if you're interested in learning more about the genesis of the series and even how Back in the Groove came to be. Hopefully, we can have Greg back on the show sometime soon so we can have an updated chat on the matter and discuss what the future holds for the series. But this episode is all about celebrating the history of ToeJam, Earl, and all the quirky, funky characters from Funkotron. A series so unique that it has a large following all over the world. I'm more of a recent fan myself, as I'll explain in a bit, but Toe Jam and Earl and the covers of both Mega Drive games are part of my memories of Sega's 16-bit console. They were everywhere, from magazines, game catalogs and game stores. I really don't know how I never owned them as a kid. That said, 30 years later, it's time we look back at what made Toe Jam, Earl and their games so special to us and take a look to the future of the series and share our thoughts and wishes for a potential sequel to Back in the Groove. As usual in these types of episodes, I sent some questions to some of my community homies and they recorded their answers for everyone to hear. Joining me this time we have Brazilian PR guru Renato Almeida, one half of the Sega guys Dan the Mega Driver, Casey Corrigan the editor of the upcoming Toe Jam and Earl's Funky Fresh Foods of Funkotron Cookbook, Lewis Clark aka Sonic Yoda from SegaDriven.com, 
and his girlfriend, Jenny, for Megavision's Scotty Mo, magazine content editor and Chris Powell, co-founder and editor-in-chief, and because it's mandatory on this The Skill Gym Lounge, we also have the return of James Skill Gym Brown from Shenmue Dojo. I'll also be answering the same questions and sharing my own thoughts. And remember, we'd love to hear from you as well. So drop us a line on Twitter at The Sega Lounge. My first question was, what are your earliest memories of Toe Jam and Earl and which game in the series did you play first? Renato Almeida vividly remembers the cover of the original game. And I have to say, so do I even if our experiences with the game are very different. It's just one of those boxes that I kept seeing over and over on Mega Drive catalogs and video game stores. As for Renato, it made him decide to pick it up and take it home. The very first memory that I have uh, with Tojen and Earl is, without a doubt, the image of the cover of the game. So I remember when I was walking into the rental shop, the video games rental store in my little city <laughs> in the countryside of Sao Paulo. And I remember how colorful it was because of the characters, that big red uh, alien and the other orange, uh, yellow, orange-like guy with the with the shades so it was very very amazing to check something so different you know the awkwardness of the of the characters so uh, i had to to pick up that the box and, and check what the game was all about you know so i was checking the information i couldn't read any english at that time but uh, that wasn't a problem you know we we were used to rent games and try games and learn about the games by playing them but I was checking the box and I saw the screenshots and it looked like an awesome game because of the aliens and it, and we obviously had an idea that the game had something to do with music. So obviously, uh, I had to rank the game and I'm, I'm not sure if I had the opportunity to be one of the first ones to rank that game. But I remember when I took it home and I was playing with my brother, my younger brother, and we were simply fascinated, you know, we were crazy about the game because of the vibe, you know, because of the music, because of the whole idea of uh, having these two aliens opening uh, like presents and, and, and those boxes with mysterious gifts inside. And it was amazing. It's what was an amazing experience. And it's, it's obviously one of the favorite games that we played together as kids. And we still play this game to this day. So, uh, every, every now and then when my brother is visiting me, uh, I will play that game with him. The first one, the first, the very first Soul General Earl. It's a amazing experience. And now that I have a kid, I've been playing with him as well. Dan, the Mega Driver, one half of the Sega guys, while baffled by the time it's passed since the first game came out, remembers his very first time playing it quite fondly. It involved one of his school friends. 30 years. Just these, these anniversaries are coming thick and fast and they, and they really are making me feel old. So my earliest memory of Toe is one of my school friends. He used to always find these massive bargains of old used games, whether it's from cash converters or boot sales or whatever. And one day he came to my house with the original Toe Jam and Earl, and uh, I'd read about it in magazines. 
and I fell in love with it instantly. I just love the whole aesthetic of it, uh, the, the color scheme, the, the beatbox music, the funky music, that whole beatboxing subsection that you do, you know, the randomness of it, how it was all randomly generated, it was co-op. It was just so much fun. And I know some people say it's slow, but I really loved it. I still do love it to this day. I think it's got so much personality and it really just, it, it really captures that, that feeling of, of the 90s. There's like a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air feel about it, all distilled into this weird video game about, about aliens. So absolutely loved it. Casey Corrigan is the editor of the upcoming Toe Earl's Funky Fresh Foods of Funkotron cookbook and a funky guitarist. Seriously, check out his fun music streams at twitch.tv slash caseycore. Anyway, Casey associates Toe Earl with his cousin. Why? Check it out. My earliest memory of playing Toe Earl is actually spending time with my older cousin, who I would see on holidays. He was the one in the family who had a Genesis. I had a Super Nintendo at home and an N64 after that. I didn't actually get any Sega stuff until the Dreamcast came out. That was the place to play fighting games, and I'm a big fighting game guy, so it was finally time to get one a few years into its life cycle. But before that, I only really played Genesis games with other people, primarily him. So uh, on one Christmas, you know, I don't remember what year it was, but we were digging through games and... I had picked out Tojam and Earl, and I, re I distinctly remember the look on his face, and I could immediately tell he was not happy. <laughs> he would have rather played a sports game or something of that nature. But uh, I chose Tojam, and uh, it was very clear to me from the minute we started playing, he had no idea how to play. He didn't really know what he was doing, and that's why he didn't like it. And because, you know, I think we all know that game doesn't hold your hand. It really wants you to figure it out. So he wasn't so into that. But I fell in love with it. And it wasn't until a few years later that I played it on a uh, emulator. And that's when I really came to love the series and then went on and played uh, the sequels after that. When I invited Lewis Clark, a.k.a. Sonic Yoda of Sega Driven, to take part in this episode, and he said yes, I was expecting him to talk at length about his profound love for Toad Jam and Earl. What I didn't expect was this answer to the very first question. This uh, this is the only question I can answer because the only game in the series I've played is Toe Jam and Earl, the original on the Mega Drive, which I'm I'm not a big fan of to be honest with you. I think it's a bit of a slow, arduous game that's a little bit tedious to play. I know the the goal of it is to play co-op, and uh, unfortunately, I've never really got a chance to do that because yeah, I was just never taken aback by it. I'm, I'm more of a single-player game kind of guy. And I wasn't expecting what followed either. But I have someone with me who is a massive fan of the series and hopefully can answer this a lot better. Uh, this is my girlfriend, Jenny. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, so I want you to answer that question. What are your earliest memories of Toe Jam and Earl and which game in the series did you play first? Oh, God. So I played the original Toe Jam and Earl um, on Sega Mega Drive. Um, it's one of the few games I do remember we did actually have on the Mega Drive at that time. And um, it was the... Yeah, the original one. I wasn't overly enamoured with it, but it was one of those ones that I just kept going back to a lot. Thank you, Jenny, for sharing your experience. There's an addictive factor to the original Toe Jam Earl, one I also got with Back in the Groove, if I'm being honest. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Megavision's magazine content manager, Scotty Mo is up next with two different perspectives on the original game. One from his childhood and the other from his college years. I do have a vivid memory of renting the first game at a local mom and pop store called Video Showcase, where I would later 
frequent for pogs because those were cool. I must have been six or seven, though, when I remember seeing the box of the first Toe Jam and Earl game um, and thinking these guys look like they'd be buddies of Sonic with their cool demeanor. So this game must be for me, a cool kid. Uh, it was not. I was bored with it. But um, when I returned to the game in college with roommates, I do remember it being just a real chill, cool, kind of a brainless way to kill your Saturday afternoon because you didn't have to really pay attention. You know, it was a good way to just turn our brains off. Finally, we have co-founder and editor-in-chief of Megavisions Mag, Chris Powell. I knew Chris loved the series, and here's a glimpse at to why that's the case. My earliest memories of playing Toe Jam and Earl was back in the early 90s, playing with my cousin Kevin when I was around 9 or 10. He was a couple years older than me, but we grew up like brothers. I'd always play as Toe Jam, and he'd always play as Earl. And I think one of the things that made us keep coming back to the game was the randomized levels. Each time we played, all the items, parts of our ship, and enemies were in all new places, and that really made it feel like a whole new experience. The music in the game was also a really big deal for us. He was always introducing me to new types of rap and hip-hop music growing up, and I remember him really loving the beats in Toe Jim and Earl. It wasn't until a few years later that we played the sequel, and while it was fun, we always preferred playing the original. It's a game we still like talking about whenever we get a chance to see each other, and it's still one of my favorite Genesis games of all time. As for me, my earliest memories are of the cover of the first game, either as part of one of those catalogs that came with Mega Drive games or at game stores. I had friends who owned the game and I did play the first one on occasion, but it never really captured me as a kid to be honest. Much later, I got to play Panic on Funkotron and that one was more in line with my taste in games at the time. A side-scrolling platformer with some crazy stuff that I didn't fully understand happening at every turn. I consider that to be the first game that I truly played as I got much further into it than the first one and I also enjoyed it more at the time. Next up we have a question that is both mandatory in these kinds of episodes and hard to answer. Which game is your favorite? When we talk favorites in a series like this, it usually comes down to either the first one you played or what genre of games you prefer. If you think of only the first two titles in the series, they share the same characters, funky music and lore, but they're completely different games. The third one, Mission to Earth, was the duo's first foray into 3D on the Xbox, and finally, Back in the Groove brought them back to their roots, being very faithful to the original game. For Renato, the first one still stands out as his favorite. Well, I did play a lot of the first one and the second one, and obviously when the new game came out, I, I bought it uh, on the Switch. I was one of the backers uh, of the Kickstarter campaign. I was one of the first ones to jump into that campaign. I wanted to support, I wanted to bring those characters back. But without a doubt, the game that I played the most and that I have, uh, that I'm most fond about is the first one. Because of the relationship that I ended uh, creating with the game, it was one of the games that I was always renting with my brother. Uh, obviously, we are, we're always uh, chasing co-op opportunities uh, on the Mega Drive. And that game was a perfect choice, you know, because we had this uh, opportunity to try different scenarios. Uh, since the game has the, the random world feature, so it's, it's always a new game, it's always a new surprise, 
And obviously, I, I was always told Jim. Actually, my brother was always told Jim. And I was big Earl. I, I, I loved to be Earl because of the, the way he, he walked, the way he, he behaved. So it was amazing. You know, I really, really dig his shades, the style of the character and the laziness, you know. So it, it's one of my favorite games on the system for sure. Yeah, I'm lazy too. Dan has experienced almost every game in the series, but which one is his favorite? The first game is definitely my favorite. I did love Toja Manil, uh, Toja Manil 2, that is. Uh, Panic of Funkatron was, uh, I think it lost a, a little something when it moved to be a 2D scrolling platformer because as much as it retained the great music and the great characters and the weird humans and all of that sort of stuff, it just felt a little, little bit more by the numbers because um, it was kind of a, a run and gun, a boy you're throwing jars at people. I mean, that was hilarious, but it wasn't as unique. The first game remains unique and wonderful, and it's still a game that I try and rope anyone that I can into it. I did like Toe Jam and L3. I thought that was absolutely fantastic. Uh, very underrated. It would have been great if it got a lot more recognition because it's still a great game in co-op those vast expansive worlds really did build a lot on what made the first one great had a great script as well especially with Tojam uh, occasionally saying things like you should check out my third leg superb stuff but out of all the ones that i've played definitely the very first Tojam and l is my favorite oh dan you really should play back in the groove it's a very fun game to play with friends just ask casey as to which game is my favorite, I think Back in the Groove is my favorite. I love the original as well as the third game I, because I'm a big fan of platformers. But being able to jump online and play the original style of gameplay with other people is so much fun. The original format of Toe Jam & Earl really it shines in multiplayer. So being able to play it online really just brings the package full circle. That's the way it's supposed to be played. Uh, not necessarily online, but in multiplayer, no matter, preferably on the couch. But if you can do it online, you know, that's, it's super fun to get four people running around in Toe Jam and Earl back in the groove together and do a run. It's so much fun. I actually had the pleasure of playing back in the groove online with Casey last year, and we had a really fun time. We were even joined by Nap, community manager of Human Nature Studios, in the Toe Jam and Earl community, which was pretty great. Big shout out to Nap, by the way. Without a doubt, our most special guest in this episode, Jenny, Sonic Yoda's girlfriend, has played Back in the Groove. Is it her favorite game in the series, though? Again, I can't really answer this because the only one I played is Toe Jam and Earl, and I didn't really like it. But Jen... <laughs> Have you not played Back in the Groove? Uh, briefly. Yeah, because yeah, um, it's... Only, I, only around yours. Yeah, yeah, I've got it on Steam, so we can share because of the yeah, library yeah. share. Um, my favourite, um, I think, of all time, has to be Panic and Funkatron. Um, it's just, yeah, it, that was my favourite one. That was the one I kept going back to. Um, I did enjoy Back in the Groove, and I haven't played the Xbox One, unfortunately, because I never had one. Um, but, yeah, I would say Panic and Funkatron. Good choice. And the second game is also Scotty Moe's favorite, too, for a very sweet reason. In terms of what game is my favorite, probably going to be Panic on Funkatron, the second Toe Jam and Earl game, because for whatever reason, uh, my mom actually loved playing it and wasn't too bad at it either. Uh, she loved just, you know, all the goofy characters. Uh, I remember her always laughing when we would hit the, the doorbell 
um, for everybody that lived on Funkatron, you go up to their house, you hit the doorbell, and it's just this out of tune, like, burr, 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 horns playing. Um, and she thought every joke was hilarious. Uh, I think I just really enjoyed having an excuse to kind of play games longer than usual, since my mom was just as engaged in it as I was. Um, and when Panic on Funkatron was re-released on Xbox 360, I actually bought, brought my console home over Christmas break, and uh, it was like we had just played the game yesterday. So I got to show her that it was, you know, available to play again. Had no idea where my cartridge was at the time. So it was cool to be able to just load up the game and play it again. So it was really neat. Um, and, and she was honestly amazed how much she remembered from the game. You know, muscle memory, I guess, of some way, shape or form. But yeah, that's that's yeah, that's Panic on Funkatron is going to be my favorite. Judging by his first answer, I don't think Chris's answer to this question will be a surprise to anyone. I have to go with the original Toe Jam and Earl because I have so many great memories tied to it. One of the things we loved about the game that made it feel different was how it was a bit slower paced than most other 16-bit co-op games of the era. Even when one of us fell off a ledge, which usually meant certain death in most other games, we didn't die and had to restart the whole level. Because Toe Jam and Earl's levels were essentially stacked on top of each other, you simply fall to the previous level and have to hunt for the elevator to lug you back up. It was such a cool little mechanic that made for a great couch co-op experience. My personal favorite, having never played Toe Earl 3 Mission to Earth, is actually the most recent one, Back in the Groove. Following the Kickstarter campaign and having Greg Johnson on the show made me go back to both Panic on Funkatron and the first game and gain more appreciation for both of them and especially the original. I don't think I was able to fully understand and appreciate how cool the first game was as a kid. Back in the Groove built up on that, improved the formula, and brought online co-op to the mix, which is definitely the most fun you can have with the game. Radio Sega's Winterfest 2021 is coming. Four days of radio shows from your favorite in-house DJs and special guests, featuring music, banter, and prizes to be won from Friday the 17th of December till Monday the 20th, only on Radio Sega. Of Toe Jam and Earl back in the groove, which got funded through Kickstarter with over $500,000 pledged by over 8,800 people. Wow. What are our guests' thoughts on it? Do they think it did the series justice? What would they have made differently if they had a say? On the other hand, what stood out as really positive aspects? Being such a fan of the series, it's no surprise that Renato was one of the first people to back the project. And being the legend that he is, you just know he has a story to go along with his answer to this question. Yeah, I really, really loved the new game, uh, Back in the Groove. It's a fantastic game. I was one of the first to back the game when I saw the Kickstarter campaign. Uh, I remember that uh, even though I was, I, I've been working as a PR and promoting several games uh, from Sega, even I even had the chance to promote the game to General when they, when Sega released the PS3 version and Xbox 360 version, the digital versions. 
uh, even though I was working as a PR, I remember that uh, when the the, the announcement uh, came uh, for for backing the groove, I was between jobs. I was uh, searching for a new agency to start uh, uh, my 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 new phase of my PR career. So uh, while I was trying to get a new job, I was uh, taking that time to write uh, and to collaborate with, uh, as a journalist, uh, to, to collaborate with uh, magazines and websites. So I had the chance to write a piece about the game. You know, I, I had the opportunity to, to tell the story about the Kickstarter campaign. And I was happy enough to reach out to Greg and his team to get some of my questions answered uh, and to be published uh, on a Brazilian magazine called EGW, which is uh, which was a, a Brazilian version of uh, EGM. So it was amazing because he was obviously one of the hero heroes of this industry, and I had the chance to talk with him, to ask some questions, and to publish uh, a story that I hope uh, was able to make justice to the game. And I really, really loved the game. The opportunity to play. Uh, in, to to go visit that universe once more with with the characters that I love so much, and obviously one of the greatest surprises uh, was to learn that uh, Macaulay Culkin was involved with this game. You know, because I'm a really big fan of his, of, of his work in movies and etc. But I was following his podcast as well. But to learn that he was involved with video games, uh, it was amazing. And he couldn't be uh, choosing a better uh, company, you know, to start with. So it was great to see his name on the credits and to learn that he, to, he, that he was uh, able to help spreading the news about Toe and Nero. So it was amazing. And one of the things that I really liked about the, the gameplay is that uh, you also have this feeling of playing several different games uh, when you start a new game, you know? So every experience is different. So there is this freshness that you can find on every gameplay session. So I really, really like this one. The The connection that I have with the first one is it's a lot stronger because of the nostalgia factor, but I really love the, this new this new approach that Greg and his team at Human Nature took to develop uh, back in the groove. So we already know Dan's answer to this. He hasn't played the game, but let's give him a chance to explain himself. Unfortunately, I never played back in the groove. Uh, I've been trying to get a physical version forever. <laughs> I was going to go to the Kickstarter, missed out on that. Um, missed out on the limited run games copy. So then I was trialing eBay uh on and off for the last few years trying to get a physical version but they they never seem to go below 40 pound which is more than i'm willing to spend i did have a chance to nick uh a digital version during an xbox sale and i think it was up for something ridiculous under five pound and i didn't i wanted a physical version for the switch uh really should have bit the bullet on that one because i'm still waiting to play it all these years later one day i'll play it in fact next time there's an xbox sale i'll have a look for it and i'm, I'm i really must grab it you really must, man. It's a whole lot of fun. Sonic Yoda, not being a fan of the original or the series in general, was able to see the merits of backing the groove in his short time with the game. Again, I've played this very briefly. Um, I think it is an improvement over the original formula. I like the fact that it moves a lot faster, but it is very much, you know, just a, 
an enhanced version of that original game. But because I was never a big fan of the original formula, it didn't really do an awful lot for me. But what about superfan Jenny? Her answer is probably the most detailed I got to this answer, and she makes some really good points. Well, <clears throat> this is where I just keep talking. <laughs> um, so it's interesting you mentioned that it felt faster, because yeah. my issue was, compared to the original, it actually felt slower. Oh, really? Okay. So the um, in the original one, you see the humans coming, and you get like time to react, and you kind of move away. You kind of you move fast enough to walk away, basically. Yeah. But in back in the groove. It feels a lot slower, so you're kind of you have to move tactically to evade the human sometimes because right. they're too fast. So if you're not careful, you can get cornered. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. I do think it was like it was fresh enough to be interesting. But I do feel like there was just like a, the tiny things there that was just like like the like the movement, um, but also some of the original like the. Some of the original humans have made a comeback. So you have like the woman in the shopping trolley, and yep, yep. Um, you have the ice cream van. You have Santa. Um, <laughs> got to have Santa. Yep. Um, and but there's there's new ones which feel like they're not going to date as well. So there's a guy taking selfies with his phone. There's right, a okay. there's a there's a chugger, a yeah, charity yeah, yeah. mugger. Yeah. That might age well actually. <laughs> Always yeah, get them. Um, but there's like one taking selfies, there's like no like anti-alien type things. It's not going to age as well, but it is a very, it is enjoyable. Ah, uh, Jenny's my favorite guest by far. Sorry, everyone else. Anyway, Scotty also backed the Kickstarter, and here are his thoughts on the game. With Back in the Groove, I was a Kickstarter backer, happy backer of that game. Um, I was able to give it a shot with the online co-op. I actually played with fellow mega visionary Chris Powell. Uh, we zipped through that campaign. Uh, we were surprised how short it was, how short the main story was, but realized as soon as we finished it how much replay value is in that game with getting all the different hats and, and uh, playing as the different characters and everything. Um, I think it captured the first game really well. Um, and, uh, but also added in snippets of Panic on Funkatron in there. I never played the third one, Mission to Earth, so I don't know. Uh, I do own that thing, but I never have actually sat down with it. Um, but no, I think it captured the first game really well, adding in stuff from, uh, Funkatron, Panic on Funkatron as well, and also maintained plenty of quality of life aspects to prevent it from dragging on a little bit, like the original kind of feels like it does now. Um, I do hope to someday try the four-player co-op mode in ToeJam & Earl back in the groove. That would be really, really cool. Definitely try the four-player co-op, Scotty. It's been said already, but it's the most fun you'll have with the game. I'm starting to feel like we should get some of these people together to play four-player co-op back in the groove. It needs to happen. And since Scotty mentioned Chris, I think his comment on Toe Jam and Earl back in the groove pretty much sums up most fans' thoughts on the game. I think Greg and the team at Human Nature Studios did a great job at delivering an experience long-time Toe Jam and Earl fans can enjoy today with their families and create an entirely new generation of TJ&E fans. I also backed the Kickstarter campaign and even got the Toe Jam, Big Earl, Rap Master Rocket figures, as well as a present and a boombox to go along with them. They've been in display on my shelf for the past few years now. The game is now a much better experience than it was when it came out, with the addition of different modes, a better online experience, and some fixes that were released as the team kept working on it. 
Playing online can be a bit tricky depending on the platform you're using, but overall, it's definitely the best way to enjoy the game and have fun. Grabbing three friends and playing the game with them is something else, and definitely something you should try at least once. I think Greg and the team at Human Nature Studios were able to make something that appeals to fans of the first game and introduces the universe of Toe Jam and Earl to new people, including younger generations. I can definitely see the series having a future, which leads me into my final question. Greg Johnson, creator of the series and the Human Nature Studios team, recently asked the fans to show their interest in a sequel or a new game in the series. What do our guests think of that? Which direction do they think the series should take next? A new game in the style of ToeJam 1 and Back in the Groove? A platformer like ToeJam 2? Or something else entirely? Where would they like to see the series going forward? And is there still a place for the funky duo in today's gaming landscape? The prospect of a new game seems to be very exciting to Renat. He also has some ideas, some he would like to see, and even a reference to another Project Cross Zone game. Remember those? The Namco, Capcom and Sega crossover games on the 3DS? That's a throwback. Oh yes, for sure. I'll totally be there as one of the, one of the fans supporting and backing a new Kickstarter campaign. Or maybe buying, wishlisting uh, a new a new game on Steam. You know, I I, I would be a, able to spread the news to my friends. So for sure, I would be uh, supporting uh, buying a new copy. You know, I really think that the team uh, has the capability and the ideas to bring uh, more uh, out of these characters and not out of this universe. And I would be happy to see uh, Macaulay Culkin once again collaborating and bringing crazy ideas, you know, to be associated with this with this game. And obviously, and why not to bring more uh, uh, Sega developers from the past, you know, maybe a collaboration with uh, uh, another team, you know. So for sure, I'm, I would be there to support. And I'm all up to crazy ideas, you know. I, I really saw, I was able to see that the team that came with uh, Back in the Groove, that they are very talented and that they have their hearts in the, uh, the right place. So they respect and they love this franchise uh, the same as we, the fans, do. So, yeah, for sure. Please, Greg, please bring this, bring more to, to the table. To be honest, gameplay wise, uh, I think that, uh, it would be good to mix some of the ideas that we found throughout the series, you know. So, uh, I would be very happy to see elements from the first game, elements from the second game. And even elements from the third game, you know, on the Xbox. So I really like some of the ideas of the second one with the, all the platforming, but uh, I really dig the whole exploration uh, of the first game. And obviously I really dig the characters and their, the development of their characters throughout their, uh, dialogue throughout their relationship, the story, you know, it's, it's silly, but it's really fun. And the, 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 the characters per se, they are super, super likable. 
And I really think that they should, then they could develop the, the, the relationship between, between Toe Jam, Earl and th their families and their friends uh, even more, you know. So, uh, why not? Maybe, maybe mixing some of the best ideas of, uh, of the, the entire series could be a great idea. But if they come out tomorrow and they say that they are going to create something entirely new, like, uh, JRPG uh, turn-based <laughs> uh, experience with Toujin, I would be there because I love the characters, you know. Uh, I would even love if Toujin and Earl were part of a Project Cross Zone 3 uh, for the Switch, you know, if uh, being uh, Sega characters, if it would be great to see them uh, maybe going into new places, maybe uh, uh, participating and in, in taking part on a, on a new experience with other characters, you know, maybe a, a Sonic racing game that uh, could take them to, 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 to race, maybe a puzzle game, you know, I'd be totally open and supporting because uh, I really love those characters and I really love that universe. And, of course, the most important part is the music, because we know how important the music is, and we know how great the music is. So the inspiration, the ideas that they, that they put on the table, it's always great, and I'm really sure that uh, they would be uh, very invested on creating some new music that would be making justice to the legacy of this franchise. Dan wants the sequel to be a successor to Toe Jam and Earl 3, with vast open worlds and more. Is it realistic to expect that, though? So if there was going to be another entry to the Toe Jam and Earl series, I honestly think something in the same vein as Toe Jam and Earl 3, but bigger, more modern, more expansive, you know, that... I thought Toe Jam and Earl 3 really took what the original game tried to do and just expanded on it and modernised it. And I think nearly 20 years later, Something like that for Toe Jam and All 3 would be perfect, but we're talking vast open worlds, randomly procedurally generated voice clips, that sort of thing. It's probably outside the, you know, outside the budget and the scope that's going to be possible for, for a series which is probably still a little bit niche. So if we were going to make a new one, it, I think it definitely has to be Back in the Groove or Toe Jam and L1 style, you know, with um, the way that Back in the Groove looks the way that it went about it i think that was almost a perfect homage to how the first game was so 100 percent not toe jam and l2 as i said i love toe jam and l2 but uh the the kind of free roaming open worldness of the original toe jam and l is what i would go for i love casey's idea i don't really know how it would work but it sure sounds like it would be fun and would please a lot of the fans of the different games if there was to be another game in the franchise, I would like it to be some sort of weird three-headed monster hybrid of the classic gameplay style and the uh, third-person platformer that the series shows off in Toejam and Earl 3 Mission to Earth. I really like the idea of doing the roguelike co-op online experience, but with a 3D environment and a camera brought you know, behind the player's shoulder, behind the player character's shoulder, rather. Um, changing perspectives and changing to a 3D art style and going to more of a platformer while still retaining the, the roguelike repeating a run kind of feel, I think would be 
a very modern and fun take on the franchise. Uh, and obviously co-op online play is a staple of the Toe Jam and Earl experience in the modern day, in my opinion. So that needs to be there. Jenny answered the questionnaire from Human Nature Studios recently, so this topic is still very fresh in her mind. They, they asked what did you think the rock thing was in Panic and Funktron was. I thought it was a warm-up. That wasn't an option, so apparently I'm just wrong about this show. <laughs> this whole thing, completely. Um, I do think there is space for for another Toe Jam and L game. I think they are really, they're funky, they're fresh. You know, yeah. they're hip. They're, there's nothing quite like it at the moment, especially if you consider like all of the indie platforms that are coming out. There's obviously still a gap for it. I would like to see them do um, something like they've done with Back in the Groove for Toe Jam and L 1. I would like to see them do that with Panic and Funktron, um, because I feel like that game is great. The only thing I have, the only barrier I have to playing it is when I'm playing it on PC, because it's part of the Mega Drive collection, yeah. um, is trying to remember which button is which in terms of ABC. On like oh, a, yeah, yeah. It's fine if you're using like a USB Saturn pad, um, but if you're not, you kind of press the wrong button and use your special attack when you can't do it but i would really like to see that again obviously there is still a demand for it because as you previously said um it did raise over half a million dollars yeah. um, by over eight thousand people so there's a lot more people like me who want to see it lewis redeemed himself at the very end by reminding me of art alive the very simplistic painting software for the mega drive that featured toe general stamps you could use to decorate your pieces of art i would also like to see um more uh, but I would like to see a new Art Alive game with the same stamps that you had originally, <laughs> because I love Art Alive, and that was like one of my childhood faves on the old Mega Drive. It is the most stupid little paint program for the system, but all the little animated stamps were really good fun, and that was like my main exposure to Toei Drum and Earl for God knows how long. Um, so yeah, so that's that's going to be my pick as well. New Art Alive, please. Uh, and if it doesn't include the same song when you draw lines, then that's... Uh, then that's that's a big problem because that is, as far as I'm concerned, the song that is the theme of drawing, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, art still alive, coming soon to the Nintendo Switch, or maybe not. Thank you for that, Lewis, and thank you, Jenny, for taking the time to participate. True to his love for Panic on Funkotron, Scotty's idea for the next game is a rehash of that formula. I think, you know, if they want to do another game. I would definitely be down for that. Uh, I, I would say now that they've taken a stab at reinventing the first one, I'd love to see a spiritual successor of Panic on Funkatron. Um, as loved as the first one was, I feel like nostalgia really pushed back in the groove more than anything. Um, but I feel like a platformer could appeal to an even wider audience, you know, people that never even heard of Toe Jam and Earl or just all or Panic on Funkatron, any of them really, you know, in general, I think that a platformer is a little more digestible for the for the wider audience out there than than a roguelike alien thing. Maybe it would appeal more to the masses. Good point. Chris, however, would love to see a new Mission to Earth style game. While I'm a huge fan of Back in the Groove and how it builds upon what made the original Toe Jam and Earl so great, I'd be more interested to see a return to a 3D Toe Jam and Earl like Part 3 Mission to Earth. While that game had a lot of issues, modern development tools make it a lot easier to develop 3D games today than it was in the early 2000s, and I think it could make for a lot of interesting possibilities. Outside of that, I'd love to see the Toe Jam and Earl gang be included in more crossovers and other games. 
and if Sega ever gets off their butt to make a Smash-style brawler, they have to be included. Hear that, Sega? For sure, though, Toe Jam and Earl are still so synonymous with Sega that we definitely need them to be in a future brawler, racer, or any type of all-stars game. As I mentioned earlier, I do see Toe Jam, Big Earl, and the colorful cast of alien characters having a place in the current gaming landscape. I think the overall opinion about Back in the Groove is positive, and a good stepping stone into better things for the funky duo. That said, I'd love to see a remake of Toe Jam and Earl 3, or even a new take on that formula like they did with the original for Back in the Groove. An open-world 3D game sounds great. Maybe it could be set in Funkotron, so we'd have a combination of Toe Jam 2 and 3, updated to modern systems and audiences. I also share Chris's wish that we get to see more Toe Jam and Earl in future All-Stars crossovers. Speaking of which, we've been a long time without one of those. I don't know how the right situation is, but I don't see it being too complicated since the characters have appeared in more than one indie game. So I assume it's just a matter of Sega approaching Greg Johnson and he'll probably work with them to make it a reality. But what do I know? All I do know is I'm looking forward to what TJ and E's next adventure will be. Hopefully something fresh and funky. It could even be a rhythm game. Yeah, the music's always been a huge part of the experience of playing Toad Jam and Earl. So much so, in fact, that we have a bonus story by Renato Almeida. And there's one last thing about my relationship with Tojen and Earl. And this is a, it's a crazy and funny story. Uh, my brother and I, we simply loved the soundtrack of the first game. So the tunes for the elevator parts and the tunes of each of the levels it it was simply amazing and it's still and it's still amazing amazing to this day but i remember that we really wanted to listen to those tracks outside of the game so uh it was in a pre-internet era and we 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 didn't have spotify or anything like that so it was really really Hard to see a uh, uh, soundtrack for games uh, available to purchase on stores, you know, so like on, on, on vinyl or, or even CDs. So it was really, really hard. So the thing that we did uh, was to grab like an old uh, recorder. Uh, it was kind of a toy, toy recorder that uh, my brother uh, had uh, among his, his toys. And we started to record some beats and some pieces of the soundtrack to uh, store that to so we could uh, listen to that later, you know. So we started to started to producing like a, some sort of mixtape with the soundtrack of the game, so we could uh, listen and enjoy uh, even when the the, the 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 Mega Drive was turned off, you know. So when we were playing with other stuff. So it was great. It, and it was one, one of the first experiences that we had uh, with uh, creating our own mixtapes <laughs> back in the day. And obviously it had to be with uh, Toe Jen and Earl's soundtrack, which is amazing and I really love. So thank you so much, Toe Jen and Earl, because uh, your, the soundtrack of the game was an inspiration. I can, t- I can tell you that. Good times. Thanks for sharing, Renato. But wait, we were supposed to have Shenmue Dojo co-owner James Brown on the show, weren't we? Well, I thought this would be the best way to close the episode. MC Skill Jim is on the mic for a funky rap about this amazing series that turned 30 
this year. He answers all the questions. <laughs> Here's to many more for Toe Jam and Earl. Oh, that's right. Here we go, here we go. Yo, my name is Skill Jim, and I'm here to say hey. on the Mega Drivers where I spent most of my days, days. chilling on the CRT and relaxing so cool and playing on a game called Toe Jam and Earl. Although Sonic the Hedgehog took the number one spot, Toe Jam and Earl was still freaking hot. These funky aliens crash landed on Earth, finding rocket ship pieces on human turf. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Take the elevators to advance in the sky. Beware of all the humans, they seem pretty miffed. The best way to pass them is to pick up all the gifts. Open in the presence is a lot of fun. But beware of the rocket shoes, you'll be falling on your bum. The isometric view was very cool. I couldn't wait to play the game after school. I was Toe Jam and my dad was Earl. Together we conquered it. And ruled. The game is fun on any day because there is a game mode that randomizes play. The first game will always be my best, but we still need to talk about all of the rest. Toe Geminal 2 again on Mega Drive, but they changed the gameplay, so I give it a 3 out of 5. Panic on Funkatron was its name. It didn't really feel quite like the same. At first, I thought that this game was dumb, but the Hyper Funk Zone was still a lot of fun. It wasn't just a copy and paste, a brand new style thrown at your face. This time, humans have invaded Funkatron, the alien home of a friend's TJ and Big They make it their goal to capture them all and send them back to Earth before Funkatron. This 2D platform is still worth a go. I'm sure that some prefer it, don't you know? Then it was a decade to see our pals again. Although we nearly got a Dreamcast game out of them. Shifted to the Xbox back in the day. 3D adventure platform, a lot of fun to play. We were introduced to new alien Leticia. Here, have a tissue, back down on earth, like a slam dunk. I gotta find all 12 of the sacred albums of funk. Toe, Chaminil, in all three dimensions. Make sure to not skip, this game deserves attention. Like Shimu, many others, the Xbox was the coffin But suddenly one day they were back, but need a kickstart it Back in the groove, smashed through its goal And after a few years, we got what we were told A new Tejaminil game, back to the roots With funky new stages, characters, and presents to boot Yo, shout out to Greg Johnson, Cuban Ninja Studios in the house Constant updates and new modes to try Greg and the team made something super fly Perhaps not as good as the first in, in my opinion. opinion It's smaller maps and many humans were annoying really But that doesn't take away from the game that we got If you never got around then give it a shot Because our favorite aliens need another continue Let's show our support to get another sequel
I think I would love to see what they could do if they decided to do another 3D game too. 3D platformers have seen a bit of a resurgence. Wretched and Clank Extra Bar Crash Super Lucky be emerging. This funky franchise has a 30 year history. It's not too late to discover its story. In fact, I even got a friend to play co-op. We completed the whole thing before we even stopped. Every time now that I go to meet him, he says, yo, let's play Toe Geminal Gym. So come and enjoy this game series now. And why don't you start with the original? I wanna thank AC for the Sega Lounge. I have been Skill Gym, aka James Brown. There was something else. Uh, thank you to James and thank you to all of our other brilliant guests. Renato, Dan, Casey, Lewis and Jenny, Scotty and Chris. Shout out as well to everyone who wanted to take part but couldn't due to lack of time. You know who you are. And a big thank you to you guys, our loyal listeners. Next week's episode will be our season finale and we are once again celebrating the anniversary of a series and a character, Sonic the Hedgehog. I'll be joined by a few of my community friends to have a candid and, who knows, maybe even a bit emotional discussion about the blue blur and our memories and experiences with the series. I hope you guys will join us for that. Until then, have a great week, stay safe, and have fun. Bye bye The Sega Lounge. Hosted by me, KC, and part of Radio Sega's network of live shows and podcasts theme song and incidental music by OSC. Find them at opusciencecollective.bandcamp.com. Got any suggestions? Drop me an email to podcast at thesegalounge.com. Follow us on Twitter at thesegalounge and like us at facebook.com slash thesegalounge. You can find previous episodes of the show by going to thesegalounge.com and wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Mixed on Productions podcast.